advertisers. 1590 WSMN Nashua's News and Talk presents We Hold These Truths, hosted by Karen Testament, founder of First Principles New Hampshire, an organization that promotes those truths that are self-evident, which the state and the nation were founded upon. The show takes a look at the latest news and developments throughout the state of New Hampshire from a conservative women's viewpoint. Whether it's family, economic, or current news, We Hold These Truths will cover it all. Join the show, give us a piece of your mind, and voice your input by calling 816 It's We Hold These Truths with Karen Testament on 1590 WSMN, Nashua's News and Talk, and WSMNRadio.com. Hi, I'm Bill McNally. I'm filling in for Karen Testament. I'm a board member of the Samuel L. Blumenfeld Literacy Foundation in Windham, New Hampshire. We have an exciting show for you today. It's all about literacy, learning to read. My guest is... uh, Sam Blumenfeld, he's up here from Massachusetts, and he's, we're going to give you an overview of the learning problem as we know it in America. Sam, say hello. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you, uh, Bill, and uh, to have a, an opportunity to talk to the people of Na- Nashua about what is going on in, in the field of uh, reading instruction in our schools. You know... Americans got to know the reading problem uh, as far back as 1955 when Dr. Rudolf Flesch wrote his famous book, Why Johnny Can't Read. Uh, Sam, let me uh, ask you, before we get started, I wanted the audience to understand how the brain works. Well, uh, uh, you know, it's very interesting. The, um, the human brain is probably the most powerful single organism in the entire universe. The human brain is responsible for incredible feats, including the uh, atomic bomb, just to say one thing. But um, it has its, its power, its main power, though, is in what I call the left lobe. You see, the brain is divided into two parts. It's divided into the left lobe and the right lobe. The left lobe is the language center. You see, every human being has been endowed with a language facility. God gave human beings the ability to develop language. And it's only through that ability that we've been able to create civilization because language is the means by which we take, that we take dominion over the world, over the earth. And without language, we would be like cats and dogs. We would be like um, any other of the other species that, you know, grunt or groan or moan or bark but do cannot develop language. So the language aspect of the human brain is what I would consider the most important part of being human. The right side of the brain deals with image. It deals with, uh, uh, for example, faces. The child's ability to recognize faces is through the right brain, not the left brain. The left brain is where the child develops language. And as you know, every child learns to speak his or her own language virtually from birth. And by the time they're ready to go to school, say age at age five, they've developed a speaking vocabulary in the thousands of words. And so um, the differences are very important. The left brain, the language brain, creates wealth. The right brain spends it. <laughs> See, that's the difference. Right. And as you know, the, the human being, the consumer today is confronted with thousands of pictures every day in order to persuade them to buy something. But the left brain is, is the area of logic and reason And that's why my book, Phonics for Success, is such a powerful instruction system 
because it concentrates on enhancing the left brain of, uh, of the human being. Okay, Sam, great. Now, the right brain produces a cognitive reflex of sight. The left brain is the phonics reflex, and this is why I wanted to move to the next area. We're going to go to Hartford with uh, Thomas Gallaudet, so with them we can move right on to get to the reading problem. Would you explain how uh, what happened in Hartford? Well, Thomas H. Gallaudet was a teacher of the deaf and, deaf and dumb. And since the deaf could not hear language, they could not hear words, uh, he taught them to read by juxtaposing a word with a picture. For example, if he had the word cat, he would have the picture of a cat. Now, the, 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 uh, the deaf child could not hear the k-a-t, you see. The deaf child would just look at the c-a-t as an image, as a picture, and would associate it with the, a picture of a cat. And, and, that, that and so he invented what the whole word method of reading, you see. <coughs> and uh, he thought that normal children could learn to read that way, that that would save them time and they wouldn't have to you know, learn the alphabet and all of that, and they could immediately start reading words by memorizing the words. Well, the Boston primary schools decided to uh, adopt that program in an experimental basis, and what happened was it created the worst reading problems that had ever been experienced in the primary schools of Boston. And now, that was in the 18 late 1830s and 1840s. And so they got rid of the method. They realized that this method, which had been created to teach the deaf to read, could not be used by normal children. Anyway, if we uh, go forward, fast forward, to the turn of the last century, to about 1900, the progressive educators decided that they were going that the only way that they could uh, get Americans to give up their constitutional republic and adopt socialism would be if they were dumbed down and really didn't know the difference between the two. And so John Dewey uh, believed that the best way to pr produce socialism was to get rid of high literacy. And so he said, we have to get rid of the phonics method which teaches children to read very well so that they can think for themselves. We have to teach them, use a method of teaching that will make them rely on the elite for instructions on what to do, on who to vote for. And so what they did was they dredged up the uh, Luxe method invented by Gallaudet, and they decided to use that same method which had failed in the, pub, in the primary schools of Boston, they decided to use that method to teach children to read in the, in the 20th century. And of course, as a result, uh, we've had massive reading problems, massive reading disability, massive cases of dyslexia. And in fact, you know what is quite interesting is that the progressives uh, set up a school in New York City, uh, an experimental school, uh, which would try out all of the new methodology, the new curriculum that the progressives wanted to put in the public schools. And this was called the Lincoln School, and it was created in the 1920s. And John, John, John D. Rockefeller, Jr., was a great admirer of John Dewey, and he decided to donate $3 million to this school, the Lincoln School, and he sent four of his sons to the Lincoln School, Nelson, um, uh, uh, David, uh, Winthrop, 
Winthrop Wright and Lawrence, the four sons. And you know that all four sons became dyslexic because of their the way they were taught to read at the Lincoln School. So he were the richest boys in America who had become reading disabled because their father was not smart enough to realize that these new methods being pushed by the progressives were actually dumbing down their children. And uh, so these, these four boys, who had plenty of money, had to suffer throughout their entire lives with the inability to, to read in the way that a normal child would have been taught to read with intensive phonics. But anyway, that same method that turned the four Rockefeller boys into dyslexics were then put into all the public schools in America, and a lot of people will recognize that method as the Dick and Jane method of teaching reading. And so that has created the great reading problem that we still have in America because that methodology is still being used in the schools, even though Rudolf Flesch in 1955 exposed it as the cause of reading disability. Now, he wrote a book, Why Johnny Can't Read. Correct. Can you tell that story of, of how you became involved in the Reading uh, Foundation? You were invited in for something. It was a surprise to you. Go ahead. Yes, yes. Well, I became involved in the reading problem years ago when I was an editor at Grosset and Dunlap, the publisher in New York City. And you know, Grosset and Dunlap published all those wonderful children's books, you know, the Nancy Drew books and the Hardy Boys and the uh, Bobsy Twins and all of that. And they made a fortune with those books. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, a lawyer friend of mine, created the Reading Reform Foundation. And he came to my office and he asked me to become a member of his National uh, Advisory Council. And I asked him, I said, well, what's the purpose of the Reading Reform Foundation? And he said that it was to get phonics back in the schools. Well, that was news to me. I said, what do you mean get phonics back in the schools? How can you teach reading without phonics? And he explained to me what had happened. And he advised me to read uh, Dr. Flesh's book, Why Johnny Can't Read. And I read that book, and I realized what the story was, and so I became an active member of the Reading Reform Foundation. And so in the 1970s, I decided to bring the reading problem up to date because nothing had really happened after Dr. Flesh wrote his book. Yes, some parents did begin to teach their children to read by phonics at home, but the schools did not change. The schools continued to use the sight method, the look-say method, the image method, the picture method. And so when I wrote my book, The New Illiterates, I, that's, it was in researching that book that I discovered that Thomas H. Gallaudet, the teacher of the deaf, was the originator of the look-say method. Indeed, it's very interesting that in uh, Gallaudet's Prima, he said, he writes, Frank had a dog, its name was Spot. And of course, if you go to Dick and Jane, you'll find that the dog in Dick and Jane is named Spot also, which gives me the, uh, uh, the definite notion that the people who created Dick and Jane went back to Gallaudet for his ideas, which of course proved to be a total failure in the schools of Boston. And yet this is the same method being used today. Now in the 1980s, I decided that to produce a book, uh, a reading instruction book, a phonics book that any parent could use to teach his or her child to read. And the reason why I did that was very simple. My mother was an immigrant from Poland, and she was totally illiterate. She had been orphaned at an early age, and so she was never 
never went to school, never learned to read any language. And so I knew what it was like to be illiterate. And so when I was in college, I tried to teach her to read. But the problem was I didn't know how to do it. I taught her the alphabet, and she learned the alphabet, but I didn't know what to do after that. So I began to teach her to look at word, whole words, you know, as pictures. And, of course, she couldn't learn to read that way. Well, I never understood why I had failed to teach her to read. And that's because I did not know anything about phonics. I did not know anything about uh, intensive systematic phonics. And so when I decided to put together an instruction program for parents, I decided to find out how to do it. And of course, I put together my Alpha Phonics book, uh, which has been used by thousands, thousands of homeschoolers to read. And it's been very successful, extremely successful for one very simple reason. I don't use any pictures. In other words, the child has to learn the letters and the sounds because English is a phonetic writing system like Greek or Latin or French or German. Any of the languages today of their writing systems are phonetic. In other words, the letters stand for sounds. And so I put together a book which I felt was so easy to use that any parent, you know, who, who might have gone to high school uh, would know how to teach a child to read. It, it, in other words, it's the kind of book I wish that I had had when I decided to teach my mother to read. Had I had alpha phonics, I would have been able to teach my mother to read. But, you know, let me read to you a letter that I received from a couple in Idaho who bought a, bought a copy of Alpha Phonics to teach the reading disabled kids to read. And they described their experience in a letter to me, and they wrote, quote, We started the class in February with five youths referred to us by the local juvenile probation officer. We held the class every Monday evening in our church. We expected a certain amount of students to drop out of the class, but the numbers increased every week until we were teaching your program to 15 students. We actually had to turn away five more students who arrived towards the end of the program. The effect that your program has had on this class has been truly profound. Every student of school age has shown an improvement in their school grades. So you see, my program, Alpha Phonics, has had a tremendous positive effects on children who are taught to read that way. In other words, these are kids who were taught to read by the look-say method in school and became reading disabled, and simply by relearning to read with alpha phonics, it, it had a, a profound effect on them. Now, in recent years, I've been very concerned with the fact that many of today's poor people, particularly those in the ghetto, don't know how to read because of the way they were taught. And so I decided to take my alpha phonics book and produce a smaller version of it that could be sold for less money, much less money. Alpha Phonics usually sells for about $25 to $30, depending on who is the seller. But Phonics, but I, I created this new version called Phonics for Success, which I can sell for $10. And... Um, it's the very same contents as Alpha Phonics. There's no difference. The only difference is in the format, in the size of the book. And um, so I've produced this. And, of course, my friend Bill 
McNally has created the Samuel L. Blumenfeld Literacy Foundation, and he is going to publish this new edition and make it available to anyone who wants to teach their child to read at home or to remediate an older child or even teach an adult to read. You know, there are many adults in this country who have a very poor reading skills. So this is the perfect book for them. And um, uh, so Bill has decided to um, publish the book, have the foundation publish the book, and to distribute it as uh, effectively as possible so that many of the poor who are laboring uh, who can't read, will finally uh, be able to have access to our wonderful written language, which is so full of great, great writing. Sam, would you do me a favor here? I have a quote from the National Endowment of the Arts. Uh, would you read that? I've got it right here. Yes. You know, the reading, rep- uh, the reading program, uh, the reading problem is now so severe that the National Endowment of the Arts issued an alarming report uh, entitled Reading at Risk in November of 2007, revealing the precipitous decline of literacy in America. According to the report, the number of 17-year-olds who never read for pleasure increased from 9% in 1984 to 19% in 2004. About half of Americans between the ages of 18 and 24 never read books for pleasure. Uh, The endowment chairman, Dana Joyer, stated, he he stated in a newspaper article, quote, This is a massive social problem. We are losing the majority of the new generation. They will not achieve anything close to their potential because of poor reading. So there you are, unquote. The survey found that only a third of high school seniors read at a proficient level. Only a third. And proficiency is not a high standard, said Joya. We're not asking them to be able to read Proust in the original. We're talking about reading the daily newspaper, unquote. So you see, regardless of what Flesch said in 1955, the problem has persisted to this very day. And here you have the chairman of the National Endowment for the Arts, complaining about what is going on and telling us that we are losing the majority of the new generation. Sam, let me give you, ask you to read another quote. I think you can do it from memory, but it starts off, if, well, it was the 1983 or 84 National Commission Report. Right. It starts off, if an unfriendly, go ahead. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yes, if an unfriendly power had given a, to us the mediocre reading uh, product that we have today, we would consider it an act of war. But as it is, we've allowed it to happen. But as Right. But as it is, we've allowed it to happen to ourselves. In other words, the progressive educators have committed treason against this country. When a group of educators plan to dumb down an entire nation, what they are doing is they're crippling the nation's Uh, intellectual power, and if they're doing this deliberately, then that is treason. They're trying to destroy this, the the minds of of the young people of this country. They are handicapping millions of young people who can't read and can't take advantage of the wonderful opportunities that exist for young people who can read. As a matter of fact, one of the great things about the homeschool movement is that it produces people who can read. 
and they are going to become the leaders of tomorrow. Let me read to you some of the letters or comments that I've received from homeschoolers uh, when it comes to Alpha Phonics. I got this one little email from a young lady in Oxford Hills, Maine. She wrote, I learned how to read using Alpha Phonics when I was four years old, and for over six months, I carried that red book with me everywhere. I want to thank you for your contribution to my life, for without that book, I don't think I would love reading and writing as much as I do now. Well, isn't that something? Here's another quote from a, uh, a user of Alpha Phonics from a pastor in Malaysia, of all places. He writes, I write to thank you for the great help your book, Alpha Phonics, has given us. With that book, we have trained all our children to read proficiently by the age of four. At the back of cover of your book, it says, this book can solve America's reading problem. I suggest that it should read, This book can solve the world's reading problem. Unquote. And that comes from a pastor in Malaysia, of all places. Here's another, another uh, quote. Thank you so much for your program. My husband wanted our son, our son to have the best program available and after much research, his choice was Alpha Phonics. This program is helping tremendously in homeschooling our only child. So there you are. Well, Sam, the, uh, you have a report here or a thesis that says, can dyslexia be artificially induced in school? Yes, says researcher Edward Miller. And I wonder if you would... Uh, now that we know about the brain and how it works, we have the, the cognitive reflex of the left lobe of the brain, the uh, graphics reflex of the right brain. I'm hoping that this will help the, the uh, listeners to understand why we have this reading problem. Well, you know, it's, it's all due to the way reading is taught in our schools. Uh, let me give you an example. You go to any primary school today. And you look at the books that are being used to teach reading. What do you see? You see beautifully illustrated books with full-page illustrations in full color and just a couple of words at the bottom of the page. So the child is really being taught to read pictures, not to read words and not to read them phonetically. And that is why today we have so much reading disability among young people. And, uh, and, and the reason is very simple. If you learn to read by intensive systematic phonics, you develop a, a what I call a um, phonetic reflex. You automatically associate letters with sounds. It becomes automatic. It becomes a reflex. But if you are taught to read words as little pictures, you develop a whole word reflex. And that reflex, that is, you automatically look at all words as little pictures. And it's that reflex that creates an obstruction to learning to read with phonics. And you have to undo that. Now, I have tutored many, of, many uh, young people with this picture reflex, with this uh, whole word reflex. And the only way that you can get rid of it is by first teaching the child to read with uh, intensive systematic phonics so that they can replace the whole word reflex with a phonetic reflex. And this takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, because it's not easy to get rid of the habits that the whole word method produces. And what are those habits? Uh, 
a child will read a paragraph and he'll leave out words that are there. He'll put in words that aren't there. He will stumble at words that he's never seen before. He will truncate words. For example, if the word says telephone, he'll say phone. If the word says newspaper, he'll say paper. If the word says horse, he'll say pony. In other words, the child is forced to hunt and guess, to guess what the word actually says. And, of course, you can't learn to read that way. And you have to get rid of all those bad habits when you teach a child to read with intensive phonics. And I have done that with young people who were taught to read by the look-say method, by the sight method. And what I do is after I teach them the entire alphabetic system, I have them start reading articles, and I use the Reader's Digest as a source for short articles that could be read in a, in a single session. And what you do is when, when the, child, uh, the student comes across a new word, you have that student divide that word up into its syllables. You take a word like sensation. They have to, div they have to break it up into sen, se, shun. Or distribution, distribution. And <clears throat> I have them use a blank notebook, and they make a list of all of the new words that they're learning, and they go over that list over and over again until it becomes automatic. So they don't have to say sensation. They can say sensation uh, or uh, distribution or congregation, that sort of thing. And that usually works. I remember teaching one young man who was already in college who had a terrible reading disability. And once he, uh, once he adopted the, the phonetic reflex, he became a, a wonderful reader and he began to love books. And uh, so I had changed his life completely by showing him how to read in the, in the proper manner. Yeah. Uh, listeners on WSMN, we're happy to be here to give you this information. You're listening to Samuel L. Blumenfeld, sometimes called the godfather of homeschooling. And I am Bill McNally board member of the Samuel L. Blumenfeld Literacy Foundation in Windham, New Hampshire. We have some exciting things for you to help you learn to read. Sam, you remember in Windham when we produced the 128 lessons of your uh, Phonics for Success, and we made it available on YouTube so that the, the parent, let's say he doesn't know what, how many sounds there are in the alphabet, and he can use that to learn it. I'm, I'll try to find a way to make disseminate that to the public, but let me just say before you start there that it's at alpha-phonics.weebly, that's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. That's where the foundation is now residing, and any help you can give us, we'd appreciate it. Go ahead with that, how we can teach the... Yes, you know, one of the interesting things is that Usually when I, I speak to groups and I speak to parents, I ask them, um, I tell them that the reason why learning to read English is a little difficult because of our particular alphabetic system. Now, how many sounds do you think there are in English? You know, I ask that question and people give me all kinds of strange Answers, you know, some people think there's a thousand sounds in English. I know there's 26 letters in the alphabet. Right. We have 26 letters, but we only have 44 sounds. Now, if you're going to use 26 letters to stand for 44 sounds, you have to make some accommodations. Take, for example, the letter A. The letter A actually stands for four different sounds. It stands for the short A as in cat or 
MAT. It stands for the long A, as in bake or cake. It stands for the ah sound, as for car and Harvard. <laughs> you, know, you park your car at Harvard Yard. <laughs> right. that's, the, that's that A sound. And then also it has the or sound, as in ball and tall and gall, you see. So how do you learn to, to distinguish between the four sounds when they see the letter A? Well, that's why you teach the system in spelling families. You teach all the short A words in their spelling families, uh, as I do in alphaphonics. You know, uh, for example, I have... Um, um, uh, at, bat, cat, fat, hat, mat. You see, that's a spelling family. It's an A-T spelling family. And then you can do the same thing when it comes to the long A, where you teach words like um, eight, bait, uh, <coughs> Kate, late, mate, etc. You know, a, a parent could take the free DVDs that we produced at the Windham, New Hampshire Cable Studios. Right. And I even found out that watching you teach or the sounds, I said, now I know I could do it before. I might not know, well, how do you, what are the different sounds? That was a beautiful video. That's, they're all free yes. and they're available. <laughs> we just need to know how to get them out to the public. Well, uh, as you know, Bill, you also were able to put the, um, the cassettes onto um, CDs, CD-ROMs, which actually explain to the parent how to teach the system. Yeah, and that's where Diana... Uh, 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 right, right. Uh, Miss Fabian, is that her yes, name? Yes, yes. Miss Fabian in Los Angeles. And she does a marvelous she, job. Right, a wonderful voice. Yeah. Those tapes were made in Los Angeles with a professional, myself and a professional talk show host, a wonderful woman. And, she, and so she articulates all the sounds so that even if you never went to school, even if you're a totally illiterate parent, You'll know how to teach your child to read. I agree. So that's that's why this system works so well. And I, I don't know what method the children of Nashua are being taught to read. Uh, I have not looked into the primary schools in this um, area. But I do know that, uh, that there is dyslexia in New Hampshire. Uh, and I don't know how much of it. Maybe I don't know, Bill. Do you know any statistics? I don't have the statistics yet. We'd would love to do. If we did an Edward Miller test, wouldn't that show? Oh yes, yes. Edward Miller is a was an educator from North Carolina, who himself was dyslexic, and he had heard me speak on the radio about how the look same method causes dyslexia and that sort of amazed him that woke him up and so he decided to create a test where he could prove that uh, that was true and so he made a test up of um, of the words uh, see he was very concerned about his nephew his young I think grandchild not a nephew grandchild who had a reading problem and he had that reading problem beginning in the first grade. And he wondered, well, if, the, if he hadn't yet been taught by the look-same method, how could he have a reading problem at that age? Well, what he found out was very significant. He found out that, his, that this youngster had been memorizing all of the words in the Dr. Seuss books, The Cat in the Hat and green eggs and ham. And he had simply memorized the words so that when he, went, when he was put into this private school, they were teaching phonics. He was having problems. He couldn't figure out the word because he had been taught to read 
He hadn't been taught to read, but he had taught himself to read by the look-say method. So uh, Miller became aware that it's possible for a preschooler to actually become dyslexic by memorizing preschool books. And, of course, we then later found out that Dr. Flesch wrote those books to order. He was given 224 words to use uh, in, in writing his books because those were the 224 words that were used in the various sight word programs. And so he created those books in order to prepare kids to become sight readers. And he even wrote, he even stated in an interview that he believed that it was the John Dewey technique of the sight method that was causing dyslexia in America. Well, we're listening, we're listening to Samuel L. Blumenfeld, the godfather of the homeschooling movement. We're filling in for the Karen Testament show, We Hold These Truths, and you're, I'm, I am Bill McNally, the board member of the Samuel L. Blumenfeld Literacy Foundation in Windham, New Hampshire. And uh, Well, now, Bill, if people want to get in touch with the foundation, how can they do that? Well, at the moment, they can go to the website, the alpha-phonics.weebly.com, and what I'd like to uh, tell the folks what they can find there is this 19-page thesis that you wrote called Can Dyslexia Be Artificially Induced in School? Yes, says researcher Edward Miller. I will mail, email that to you free. Let's, and that is going to help you understand what we've been talking about and why understanding that cognitive reflex of the brain is so important in reading. Right. Well, let me tell your audience that if they want to get a copy of the Alpha Phonics book, uh, the, the large book, the one that sells for 25 bucks, they can get that from calcedon.com, C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N. Calcedon uh, Books sells the Alpha Phonics book, the big one. The Phonics for Success is going to be sold by the Samuel L. Blumenfeld Literacy Foundation. And uh, you'll be able to get it through uh, uh, by going to the website, I believe. Is that the way it's well, going to work? We're going to get that set up. You and I are talking about how we're going to get that book, uh, whether we're going to put it both on Amazon and Noble, uh, Barnes yeah. & Noble, so there's some work to be done uh, in this literacy area, and uh, we have our work cut out for us, I'm sure. But if the, uh, if the listeners would like to have lunch with you on January the 30th at noontime, uh, that would be in, at the North Reading uh, Hillview Country Club. I'm sure you, they can come down and uh, maybe meet you there. It would be nice to have you. So you'll yes. have to contact me. Go ahead, Sam. Yes, uh, there, there will, there's going to be a luncheon at the Hillview Country Club in North Reading, Massachusetts. And I believe, what, what is the, the steep street on which the, hills, hills, the Hillview Country Club is? Located? I think it's 149, something similar to this, but I think it's yeah. 149 Main Street. But it's, it's uh, No, a, no, it's not on Main not Street. On State no. Street, then? No, no, this is in North Reading. Yeah. The street is not... I forget what it is. I think it's, it might be Forest Street. Oh, yeah. I'm not exactly sure. But all you have to do is look up Hillview Country Club, North Reading, Massachusetts. Uh, look it up on your computer or in the phone book or however. And uh, this, was on, this will be on noon Friday, January 30th. Okay. Last day of this month, I will be there. And there will be, uh, I will have copies of uh, Phonics for Success and also Alpha Phonics. Right. Uh, I have a question for you from a YouTube viewer. 
As you know, I produced your show or a show of, uh, it's called Deliberate Dumbing Down and Common Core. It was produced at the Troy, New Hampshire Library. And one of the uh, comments came in. She said, I have uh, a, a child that's uh, more or less grown up and has a, a reading problem. Can that be corrected? Oh, of course. I mean, reading problems can be corrected. You know, the brain is very uh, plastic in that regard. I mean, as I've said, I've tutored many young people over the years who were taught to read by the Luxe method and were reading disabled or dyslexic, and I have turned them into wonderful phonetic readers. As I said, it takes time. You have to teach them the entire alphabetic system, and then you have to teach them how to apply that because the uh, Luxe method creates its own reflex that has to be overcome. And, um, and so uh, as, as the method that I used, of course, and, and very successfully, was to have the uh, student, after they've learned the entire alphabetic system, to read articles from the Reader's Digest. Now, you don't have to use a Reader's Digest. You can use any other um, magazine and uh, to write down all of the multisyllabic words that are new to that to that individual to break them up into syllables so that they can see how our phonetic method works it works syllabically in other words multisyllabic words can be broken down into their simple syllables and easily read. I mean, you know, as I said, you can read a, a word like congregation, C-O-N, con, G-R-E, gr, uh, G-A, gay, T-I-O-N, shun, congregation, <clears throat> or... Um, any other multisyllabic word can be read that way. And, of course, new words are being invented all the time in America with computer technology and also with uh, uh, the Internet and also pharmaceutical words. I mean, you look at all the ads for, for uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, for drugs on TV, and you could see all of these new words that are being made up by the pharmacy companies uh, to sell new drugs. And the way you learn to read them is to break them up into their syllables because they're not really words. They're just names of products. Uh, Sam, thank you. We're talking with Samuel L. Blumenfeld, the godfather of homeschooling, author of more than a half dozen books. Do we uh, tell them about the new book that's coming out? Yes, my new book, Crimes of the Educators, exposes this conspiracy on the part of the progressive educators to dumb down the people of this country and to change it from a constitutional republic into a socialist state or some socialist fantasy. They really don't know what they want. And that's why our president is... Uh, so uh, vague in what the ultimate goal of his program is. Here's a quote here from the uh, Samuel L. Blumenfeld Literacy Foundation. The continued decline of literacy skills among Americans endangers our nation culturally as well as economically. How can we compete with nations like India and China who are teaching their students to read English very well? How can a person survive in our high literate culture with poor reading skills? The aim of the Samuel L. Blumenfeld Literacy Foundation is to make America aware that low, low literacy is not an option for us and that there is an effective, inexpensive way to restore high literacy by using the proper teaching methods. And, of course, those are all spelled out 
in Blumenfeld's Phonics for Success. Uh, Sam, I think that uh, brings us right up to date because we can get, we have a lot of information on YouTube that, uh, but if you contact our... Right. Yes, uh, uh, I'd like to invite the uh, listening audience to look me up on YouTube. It's very simple. Just go to YouTube, type in my name, Samuel L. Blumenfeld, and you'll find all sorts of things. You'll find um, the lecture I gave at Troy, uh, New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, you'll find the uh, lessons, the Alphaphonics lessons that were made in Wyndham at the uh, studio there. They're all on there. You'll find uh, uh, other uh, lectures that I've given. And also, Sam, that one of those YouTubes, the beginning of the lessons, 1 to 28, you go over the overview of the brain there in exactly. much more depth. We just didn't have the time here to do that. Exactly, exactly. But it's important for parents to understand how the brain works, that they can make sure that their child develops a phonetic reflex in reading because that enhances the left lobe of the brain, the language center. And that's very important because it's language that has given human beings the ability to build civilization and to take dominion over the earth and of all the animals. It's all there in Genesis. All you have to do is read Genesis and you'll see what the plan was, God's plan for human beings. God's plan. He gave us language for a reason, for a purpose, and he gave it only to human beings. He didn't give it to the apes, and he didn't give it to the uh, uh, anyone else, you know, to the horses uh, or the uh, dogs or the cats. You know, they don't build civilization. Sam, let me just tell the listening audience of uh, one other great offer. After we leave, WSMN here in Nashua, we're going to the Nashua Library, and we are, we are going to offer Sam Blumenfeld's Mag, Magnus Opus on Shakespeare. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, go to the Nashua Library and say, what we did was, I'm not sure if they have his book, The Marlowe Shakespeare Connection. We could do another show on that easy. And uh, I'd like you to listen to that DVD that we're going to offer him. That'll, that'll clue you in to get that book. Thank you. The preceding has been a paid program. From New Hampshire's family of locally